Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, today we're really kind of building or uh, just continuing our conversation from the last podcast, which was really about the importance of being watchful and warning about thinking that the Lord is delayed. And those who have that mindset that think that uh, that he's delayed in his coming or that they've got all kinds of time in return to their sin, you know, they run the risk of being taken by surprise at his return, being taken off guard. And really, that's because they become like the world. You know, the whole world, I, I believe the scriptures teach that the, the world will be, t- the destruction and the wrath and all that, it's going to be sudden. It's going to come as a surprise to the world. They'll be saying peace and safety and they'll be building and, and marrying and, and doing normal life, not expecting it. But that should not be the case with the spirit-filled believer. Spirit-filled believers should see the times and know exactly what's going on and and understand that that day is near. We may not have all the order of everything correctly or, or interpret everything correctly, but we know the season that we're living in, right? Our timelines and our charts are probably, or we're, I'm not going to say probably, they're definitely not right. Our understanding maybe of the gathering of... God's people and being caught up and all that. We we may have a wrong understanding about how what that looks like and the timing and all that. But the point is, is we know the season that we're in. Right? But the world is caught off guard. And it doesn't matter how many people and watchmen and preachers and prophets that God has sent... The unbelieving world will reject all that, will reject those warnings. As we have seen take place here in America and really the whole Western world. I mean, God sent watchmen, God sent preachers. Warnings after warnings after warnings after warnings. And if you've noticed, really the watchman type stuff has kind of dried up over the years. It's almost like the time of warning has come to an end. We're going to look at three different scriptures today just to make this point that I'm making right now. And the point that I'm making is that it's going to come suddenly and it's going to be a shock to the world or to those being lazy in their faith, to those who have think their Lord is delayed. But to the spirit-filled believer, it's not a surprise. So we're going to read three scriptures today from three different areas. We're going to read from 1 Thessalonians, we're going to read from the book of Jeremiah, we're going to read from the book of Luke, and then we're going to read some commentary by Matthew Henry. And my hope today is that you'll just be filled, that your hearts will be pierced, that you'll feel a closeness with God, that you'll start to awaken again to the times that you're living in. Let's start with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're just going to read 10 verses here. And we're going to take in this, and we're going to approach this today, taking everything kind of slowly. 
So here's what he writes to the Thessalonians in chapter 5, the Apostle Paul. He says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. What's Paul saying? He's saying, you don't need me to keep regurgitating this to you. You know, based on our past conversations, that that day is going to come like a thief. In other words, it's going to come by surprise, like a thief in the night. And then he gives them some details. Verse 3, for when they say, peace and safety. By the way, this doesn't mean that they, that the president's going to get on the TV and say, peace and safety, although they do do that, right? Peace and security. It's a mindset. It's an attitude. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So their mindset, they're, they're going to be saying, peace and safety, it's... We live in a world where even though it's descending into complete chaos, madness, and burning to the ground, the, the general population says, progress, we're making progress. Have you noticed that? Oh, we're making progress towards a better world. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as, a tra as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, verse 4, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Paul's saying, it's going to come upon them like that, but you, who are not in darkness, you're supposed to be children of the light, this should not come as a surprise to you. Verse 5, ye are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, not, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. He's saying, we're not children of the night. We're children of the light. That day's not going to take us by surprise. So let us not be sleepy like the rest of the world, but let us be watchful and sober like paying attention. Verse 7, for they that sleep in the night and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. He's saying we're to be paying attention, we're to be awake, and we're going to live our lives by faith, Believing and trusting in God, regardless of what's going on in the world and what's going on around us, we're going to live our life by love because this is how you represent Christ. And we're going to put on our helmet, which is the hope and the salvation, right? The salvation that's going to come. Verse 9, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. You see, even though we die, our blessed hope is that we'll rise again. And we have not been appointed to wrath, right? God's wrath is not for us. 
Eternal judgment is not for us. For us, what has been appointed is to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So none of this should take us by surprise. We don't sleep as the others sleep. We're not drunken like the others are drunken. We're walking in faith. We're walking in love. And every day we should be filled with the hope of the salvation. So the world will be caught off guard. They're going to say peace and safety. Things are fine. We're making progress. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 6. Verses 14 through 19. Now, obviously, this is going out to the to a certain people at a certain time. Um, so we have to be careful about taking these things and claiming it for our generation. But it's the mindset that I want you to gather from this that really goes along with what we just read in First Thessalonians about the day, coming day of the Lord. Starting with verse 14, here's what it's, Jeremiah says. They have healed... Also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. I look at the world today. Oh, we're making progress. We're making progress. The streets are burning. The economy is tanking and being propped up by phony money. What are you talking about? But they say, Peace, peace. When there is no peace. Yeah, World War Three is like on the brink. And they're saying peace. Verse 15. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. He's saying, are they even ashamed of the way they're living? Of the abominations that they're creating? He's saying, no, they don't even blush about it. Sounds like the world we live in today, doesn't it? Verse 16, thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way, where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your souls. Right? That's what the Christians are preaching. Hey, we got we to gotta return to the Lord. We got to go back to that old path where the good way is. This way is leading to complete and utter destruction. And God's saying that, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths and the good way. But they said, we will not walk therein. So they've been warned, but they're saying, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to stick with our sin. Verse 17, also I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Just like... Just like the times we're living in today, God sent so many watchmen and mourners and preachers and the messages went all over the world. But they said, no, we're not going to do that. Therefore, hear ye nations and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words nor my law, but rejected it. I just feel like when I read that, that even though this was to a generation, you know, 1,500 years ago, it feels like the generation that I'm living in. People don't even blush. 
They don't even blush at the abominations that are being created. In fact, they cheer for it. The old paths, the old ways, nobody wants anything to do with that. That's old-fashioned. They say peace, peace, when there is no peace. Paul says they'll say peace and security, but then sudden destruction comes upon them like travail of a woman in birth. And they will not be able to escape it. Now Jesus is warning the generation that he's living in that destruction's going to come, that judgment's going to come on that generation. Of course, you know, like I said, the Bible is living. So even though it may be talking about what was to happen in 70 AD, it still applies to us and the times we're living in today. In my mind, we're going to Luke chapter 17, starting with verse 20. And then I'm going to read some commentary from Matthew Henry. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. This is that mindset that the kingdom of God is within us, and it's been growing throughout the generations, which is true, right? But it started off really, really small and unnoticeable. Verse 22. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them, for as lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they did drink, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So there's a lot of debate. You know, is this talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, and it's a, or is this talking about the end of days? I say probably both. It's this idea that people will be caught off guard, and that, that there'll be some kind of supernatural protection for God's remnant. But yeah, he uses some language that would make you think that he's talking about 70 A.D. Also, for the because verse 31 says, "In that day." He which shall be upon the housetop of, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. He that, and he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And he says, why? Remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. She turned back, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night shall be two men in one bed, the one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. By the way, the word men, there's people try to make this something that it's not. It wasn't uncommon during the work time for people to rest, but also that 
the King James tends to add that word. It could just be said, there shall be two in one bed, and the one shall be taken and the other shall be left, according you know, to the manuscripts, but either way, it's irrelevant. I tell you that in the night shall two be in one bed, and one shall be taken, the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, one shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field, one shall be taken, and the other left. The point is, you have a preservation of one and a destruction of the other. And they answered unto him and said, Where, Lord? Like, where are they going to be taken? He says, Wherever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. In other words, it'll be obvious. It'll be obvious where they've been taken. I used the analogy of if you live here in Indiana and surrounding states, we have those big buzzards, uh, vulture-type birds that fly around and they do circles around when they see a carcass on the ground and you'll see a bunch of them gathered around flying in a circle and then they'll eventually come down to eat the dead carcass, right? A deer or something in the field. Well, when you see them in the air gathering, you know there's a carcass over there, right? It's obvious. You just know it's 100% every time. This is what he's getting at. Where the body is, there will the eagles be gathered. When they say, where are they being taken, he's, Jesus is saying, you won't have to ask that question. It'll be obvious. All right. The whole point I'm trying to make, because we can go down all kinds of rabbit trails. The point I'm trying to make is that it's sudden. It catches the world off guard. And the believer who has strayed away, as we saw from the parable that we covered earlier this week, where he said in his heart, My Lord delayeth, and he went and he drank with the drunkards and began to beat the men servants and the maid servants. A picture of he returned to sin. The Lord returned at a time that he was not expecting, and he was appointed his portion with the unbelievers. So that's why Paul is telling us, be sober, be watchful. You are not children of the dark. That this should take you by surprise. You're children of the light. You know this is coming. You know the season that you're living in. I'm reminded of what Peter says in Second Peter. He says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and in godliness? Like you know this is all coming down. So how should you be living your life? Paul says you should be living it by faith, love, and the hope of the salvation. That's how the Christians should be walking. Not cast down. Not with their head cast down. Woe is me. The world I love is falling away. The pleasures I love are falling away. Maybe God's stripping that from us for a reason. Can I just read some commentary from Matthew Henry on this section we just read out of Luke? And then we'll wrap it up. Here's what he says. He says, How it had been with sinners formerly, and in what posture of judgments of God of which they had been fairly warned, did at length find them. Remember what we covered in Jeremiah, just that idea of they've been warned, they've been warned, they've been told to return to the old past, and they said, no, we're not going to do it. 
They had been fairly worn and did at length find them. Look as far back as the old world, when all flesh had corrupted their way and the earth was filled with violence. Come a little lower and think how it was with the men of Sodom, who were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now observe concerning both of these, that they had fair warning given them of the ruin that was coming upon them for their sins. Noah was a preacher of righteousness to the old world, so was Lot to the Sodomites. They gave them timely notice of what would be in the end of their wicked ways, and that it was not far off. That they did not regard the warning given them, and gave no credit, no heed to it. They were very secure, went on in their businesses, as unconcerned as you could imagine. They did eat, they drank, they indulged themselves with pleasures. They took no care of anything else but to make provisions for the flesh counted upon the propriety of their present flourishing state, and therefore married wives and given in marriage that their families might be built up. They were all very merry. So were the men of Sodom, and yet very busy too. They bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. These were lawful things, but the fault was that they minded these inordinately, and their hearts were entirely set upon them that they had no heart to all to prepare against the threatened judgments. When they should have been as the men of Nineveh, fasting and praying, repenting and reforming upon the warning given to them of an approaching judgment. They were going on securely eating flesh and drinking wine when God called to weeping and mourning. They continued in their security, their sensuality, till the threatened judgment came, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and that Lot went out of Sodom. Nothing said or done to them served to alarm or to awaken them. Note, the stupidity of sinners in a sinful way is as strange as it is without excuse. Yet we are not to think it strange, for it is not without example. It is the old way that wicked men have trotted, that they have gone slumbering unto hell, as if their damnation slumbered while they did. that God took care of the preservation of those that were his, who believed and feared and took the warning themselves which they gave to others. Noah entered into the ark and was safe. Lot went out of Sodom and so went out of harm's way. If some run on headless and headlong into destruction, that shall be no prejudice to salvation of those that believe that they were surprised with the ruin which they would not fear, and they were swallowed up in it to their unspeakable horror and amazement. The flood came and destroyed all sinners of the old world. Fire and brimstone came and destroyed all the sinners of Sodom. God has many arrows in his quiver and uses which he will to making war upon his rebellious subjects, for he can make which he will effectual. But that which is especially intended here is to show what a dreadful surprise destruction will be to those who are secure and sensual. You see, that's what the scriptures are teaching us. Don't get wrapped up in the world and the security, the false peace. Don't be saying peace, peace when there is no peace. 
Obviously, I'm beating a dead horse because the people who take the time to listen to this podcast already know this. But maybe there's some new people that'll come through. Maybe there's some people that'll be looking for truth. Or maybe you just needed a reminder. Listen, those who are caught up in sensuality, feeding the flesh, thinking the Lord has delayed, just like Matthew Henry said, it's going to come upon them with great horror and amazement. They're going to be shocked. And because they didn't heed the warnings and they ignored it all, they won't be prepared for whatever God's plan of protection or exodus or whatever it is. They won't be ready for that. They'll be like the foolish virgins who had no oil. And when the call came, they could not light their lamps and they could not enter into the wedding. May God have mercy on us all. May He keep our eyes open and our hearts bent towards Him. That's all I have for you this morning, my friends. Please remember that this podcast is 100% listener-supported. Scriptureandprophecy.com is where you can go to support this mission of truth. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.